you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live in New York City. It's Tuesday, October 11th. I'm J.B. Erdahl. That is a Jam and Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and a Super Bowl champion to my left, Jason McCourty. Guys, 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 Monday Night Football keeps us up late, but that one was worth it. Was worth it. If you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a Raiders fan, it was a heartbreaker. Gosh. But... That's why we play the games. That's why you play That's the games. Kelsey said afterwards, Raiders, Chiefs, baby. Uh, for you, Trav, you yeah. had a night, didn't you, right? <laughs> he literally could have said anything and then baby at the end of it, and it would have played because he cool. had such that a good day. First time cool. they played Monday Night Football together since 2003. I was oh, yeah. thrown off by that, and it was a beauty. It was, it was such a beauty. It was worth it. Let's see it. I think it's the serving of the lead block. The yeah, lead block. Time for lead block. Meanwhile, the Chiefs win 30-29 to in a thriller, really electric football game. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey, what you got, baby? Raiders Chiefs, baby. It's going to bring it out of you, man. Especially, um, you know, we started off a little slow. Um, had some calls not go our way and uh, got not only us fired up, but that entire stadium fired up. And uh, Arrowhead had our back, so we, uh, we, we just rallied together and really, uh, really fought through that one. You just don't know how guys are going to respond. I mean, we have, a lot, we have a lot of the same players that have been in some deficit games, but at the same time, we have a lot of new guys as well. Um, and so for guys to respond and just to keep battling, um, no matter we're down 17 points, um, and, and show that we can fight back from anything, um, that's what you want to see out of any great football team. Kyle, you delivered on that highlight. Just the way that game delivered came down to the wire. It was absolutely electric, kept you up at night if you didn't need a reason to. 17-point comeback for the Chiefs, though. Kind of felt undeniable at times mm-hmm. that that's the trajectory that game was going on for the Chiefs. What do we make of it? I think the catalyst might have been the penalty and the way the crowd reacted. So if you're watching right now and you're saying, I didn't see the game, this was an egregious call. And the reaction from the Arrowhead crowd 
was vitriol. And right. we're talking 10 straight minutes of booing mm-hmm. to the point where I felt like a, a switch was flipped for the Chiefs as a whole. And it was almost like the catalyst they needed to wake them out of their slumber. And after this play, after they get this call against them, the Chiefs were lights out. And at the end of the half, down 17, this is the audio you heard in Kansas City. Well, I think Carl's going Personal full body foul. weight. Roughing the passer, number 97. Defense, 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. And you can hear the crowd. I don't blame the crowd at all. I don't, I don't either, and I can only imagine how Chiefs fans are reacting at home. A few minutes later, Matthew Wright has to line up for the longest field goal in Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead history. And the dude boots it through after missing a uh, 41-yard chippy earlier. Wright makes the field goal. We go into halftime, and suddenly it's like we're down 20-10, to and the Chiefs fans are in a fervor. And I swear, I'm watching this game. I don't think I've ever seen Mahomes as mad. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because of all the chipping uh, back and forth. Andy Reid seen that. There was a different energy. I almost feel like in this game, the story is the, 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 the roughing the passer, but it's also the way the Chiefs responded mm-hmm. and the way the Arrowhead crowd lifted them. Very rarely am I the one to be like, well, the crowd won us that game. The crowd really was a factor. There was offense, defense, special teams, and the Arrowhead crowd that actually aided this victory. Peter, it felt like the emotional response from the Chiefs was such that like, we will not allow you, the officials, to take this game out of our hands. Like We're just going to take it over. And, and all the first half, Chiefs offense had a hard time getting down the field. Uh, they ended up with Patrick Mahomes had 32 yards in the first quarter. He had just 98 at halftime, and then something changed. And you got to get the ball down the field to put yourself in the red zone. And it just felt like at times the Chiefs offense was like a hot knife cutting through the defensive butter mm-hmm. that was the Raiders. And it was these huge plays in the middle of the field, and they grew. First, it was a 14-yard pass to Marquez Valdez-Cantling. Then it was a 23-yard connection, 28 to Michael Hardman, 36 to Michael Hardman. And all of a sudden, it set it up in the red zone for what felt like inevitable touchdowns Kelsey. to one of his favorite red zone targets, Jay. It's true. No question. And when you watch it, the first half, all we saw was Max Crosby and Chandler Jones chasing Mahomes all over the pocket. You get to the second half, not as much pressure, and all the Chiefs did was run away from leverage. And when I say that, the Raiders are playing man-to-man. They're playing outside leverage on the receivers, and they're just running over us, just running away from them, and Mahomes is able to hit them. And to what you said, Peter, the crowd kind of picked them up. Kelsey even said it after the game. It forced us to rally around each other and fight for each other. And my goodness, was Kelsey good in the red zone. (laughs) Only 25 yards he had on the game. But you watch him in the red zone. First touchdown here, one-on-one against Merrick. He's able to get open. Too easy. You can't cover Kelsey with just one player. So this one, you know what? We're going to double-team him. But Andy Reid's going to put him in motion, put him in a bunch. We're going to double-team him the third time, too. And we're going to hit him with a linebacker. Three guys. Kelsey's still going to find a way to get open, two stiff arms, and get into the end zone. The last time, we're going to line up in goal line. They're going to take their eyes off them because they're expecting us to run. Kelsey for the fourth touchdown. Four touchdown passes in one game where he only had 25 <laughs> yards. You see the scale right here. Marvin Jones in 2019 was the next closest. He still was seven yards away from triple, di- triple digits with 100 yards. 25 yards receiving, but four touchdowns. 
fantasy owners had a blast last night watching Kelsey <laughs> just score touchdown pass after touchdown pass. And I agree, and it's Kelsey left and Kelsey right, and we were promised this was not going to be the case this year. But it's the same old Chiefs. It's the same deal. And normally you say that, same old Jets, same old Browns. I mean that in a good way. It is the same thing. And I, I knew when they were screwed. We've seen this enough times. They were screwed, and I'm talking about the Raiders, when they went up 17 to nothing. I, I'm like, they're going to lose this game. I know it. I've seen this game a hundred times. There was a sequence in which they're already up 14 nothing, and they have a fourth down, and it looked like they were going to go for it. And you're like, all right, keep your foot on the gas and everything, and they line up, and there it is. It's a fourth and short. Go up 21 to nothing. And they said, nah, let's just let's go up three scores, even though it's the second half. That doesn't mean much. And that was the moment they were going to lose. We have seen this a hundred times. It sounds strange, but don't get a huge lead on the Chiefs. They will beat you. It's counterintuitive. It's like, remember Blazing Saddles when the Mongo's out there and the guy goes to put on a six-shooter and the guy goes, oh, don't shoot him. That only piss him off. Like, don't get a lead on the Chiefs. You look at the Bengals game in the playoffs. The Bengals are getting crushed. Like, the Chiefs were way ahead. There's something that clicks with this Chiefs team where they're like, all right, now we're mad, now we're bleeding, now let's just unleash hell. And that includes the fan factor last night. Mm. That was Kelsey's answer. He said, we got the wrong end on a couple of calls, and Arrowhead got us home. There's also been a subtext with this Chiefs team where this Chiefs fan base, they're counted out, no credit, Tyreek's gone, the air is over, like it's the Bills time. I think they're already an angry crowd. And then that thing was the spark on the kerosene. And I have, I mean, look, we go back to when John Oway had to request that the referees tell Arrowhead yeah. to be quiet because he couldn't hear the call. That was the loudest I've heard, like, since the 90s. It yeah. was unbelievable. And they kept it going. It was, it was not just at the reaction of sure. the call. It was the entire way from the five minutes left in the first half to all the way through the second half. The crowd was electric. And it, it seems so simple, but there were so many nuances to this game, but the crowd played a real factor. And think about Absolutely. the carryover to next week wow. and the Bills you, you are You cannot hear yourself on the sideline talking to a teammate in that stadium. It's ridiculous awesome. how loud they can get. There were a lot of sparks on the kerosene last night. Devontae yep. Adams had a fantastic game, but uh, his spark carried over emotionally to the postgame. Tom Pelissero, our NFL Network insider, is joining us now. We saw um, Tom uh, Devontae Adams shove somebody after the game. He addressed it immediately in his postgame media availability, but there is a latest development on this situation. What's going on, Tom? Well, Jamie, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams is facing league discipline, potentially even a suspension for shoving that man to the ground following Monday night's loss to the Chiefs. Now, this incident occurred as he was leaving the field. The man stepped in front of Adams. Adams apologized after the game, both to reporters and on Twitter, where he wrote, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated at the way the game ended. And when he ran in front of me as I exited, that was my reaction. And I felt horrible immediately. That's not me. My apologies, man. Hope you see this. The league is reviewing this situation closely. I would anticipate a decision on a possible suspension today. At minimum, expect a fine here, Jamie. All right, Tom, good to know. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a little bit. The Chiefs operated as if they didn't even know that they were 17 points down. They just were like, this is the game. We're going to come back and win. And that they did against the Raiders in Kansas City last night. Statement game for the Chiefs. It felt like very clutch performance by a lot of different players. What do you make of it? Man, it was, it was nice to see. And I think all offseason, all we talked about was the moves that everybody else made in the division. We talked about, obviously, Tyreek Hill leaving. But my goodness, Patrick Mahomes, the beginning of that game, he's running for his life. Chandler Jones is chasing him. Max Crosby has two sacks early on in that game. And he rallies. 
He finds a way. And in that second half and throughout the end of the second quarter into the second half, the amount of targets that he was able to find of all the receivers on the Kansas City Chiefs, each guy had eight targets. It wasn't just Kelsey. Yes, Kelsey had the touchdown passes, but MVS, eight targets. Mm -hmm. Smith-Schuster, mm -hmm. eight targets. Kelsey, eight targets. McCall Hardman, eight targets. And before the game, Mahomes said, he said, hey, Tyree Hill is gone. It has forced me to work through my progressions faster and spread the ball around to different receivers. And that's when we saw chunk plays coming from Hardman on over routes, from MVS on over routes, Smith-Schuster making the possession catches. This is the Patrick Mahomes that I expected to see this season. Yes, I know the cheetah was gone. It was going to be a huge part of the offense. You haven't maybe seen the 80-yard bombs, but you've been able to witness how good of a quarterback Patrick Mahomes truly is. His ability to get everybody involved. And not only that, the scrambles he had earlier in this game. As they're getting to him and those lanes are opening up, he's taking off, picking up 10, 15 yards. Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable, mm -hmm. everything he's mm -hmm. able to do. And as you look at the season as a collective, it's like, Last week was the Juju game. This week, MVS got going. Yep. Last week was Pacheco. This week, it's McKinnon. Like, that's kind of the threat that their offense is developing. And when it all comes together, you think the ball is going to continue rolling. But I look at just Mahomes' incredible ability to lead this team back time and time again. Our social media guru, Charlie Frankel, sent me this great stat. Patrick Mahomes is 11-5 when his team trails by double digits in regular season and playoffs over the last four seasons. 11-5 mm. when they're trailing by double digits. And it brings me back to the greatest Mahomes performance of all when they're down three scores against the Texans in a playoff game and they don't flinch. And they come back from 24 nothing and end up winning this game by 20 points. This, is the best. this was a game that Bill O'Brien's crew, and you know what it was? It was a Tyreek botched punt return. It was a bunch of things that like were self-inflicted wounds. And then who'd they go to to get back in this game? Oh, they went to, yeah, Damian Williams, but Tyreek Hill was the guy. And when the thing is are going completely wrong, I think they're going haywire, Mahomes and Kelsey are gonna be that connection. Mahomes and Kelsey, they had three touchdowns that day, they had four yesterday. Kelsey's 33 years old, guys. That is not young for a tight end, and he still is doing it. My message is this. Last week, they were underdogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and put up 41 points. <laughs> this time, they're down 17 points, and they find a way to win. They are a really hard out, and they are going to be tough to beat. That includes the Buffalo Bills, mm -hmm. who are favored going into this week in Arrowhead. Kelsey, 33. 33. I like Buck last night was talking about Kelsey's so strong in the core. You know, like he still works out like a maniac. Flexible. I always say it's the core. Very flexible, he said, too. There's so many players that I like and people around the Raiders that I really like and I almost root for. Here's the stat I have, Peter. Patrick Mahomes, 8-1. 8-1 mm -hmm. against the Raiders. And this one was so different. Because we were promised this was going to change. We were promised. We Get out the checkbook. Get out, bring in Devontae, whatever it costs. Bring in Chandler Jones, who was really good last night. Not enough. And the Chiefs were like, yeah, cool players. Think, get off our field. Eight and one. Um, really, really frustrating if you're a Raiders fan because you're like, that was a really good game we played. We had a huge lead and we got a massive, massive call in our favor that stopped the turnover. And yeah, we had a weird one on the field goal, but like, you don't get a better shot to win a game in Arrowhead against Mahomes than that. It will not get better than that. You just can't. Now, I know you've done it years past. This is a new coach. This, it's just so frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, the Chiefs are like, yeah, thanks for the sparring session. The real opponent is next week. Mm -hmm. Next, this, this was a little workout. You, you bloodied our nose a little bit. But in the end, just hit the mitts a few times, and we'll get ready for the real game next week against the Bills. I, 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 I want the Raiders to be good. They're a great character. They're a great history. What the 
are they supposed to do now? Where, where do you go from this? Unbelievable gut punch for the, for the Raiders. I hate it. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, it reminded me of that Chargers game a couple weeks ago when I thought the only way you can beat the Chiefs is if you play a half a game against them. That's it. Like, yeah. you, like you cannot the allow them to come back out of the locker room. To me, in the last couple weeks, there's this really random but important slice of 30 seconds of life that happens with the Chiefs right before they go into the half. When they were down in Indianapolis against the Colts, we saw going into the locker room Patrick Mahomes and the offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy barking at each other essentially mm. about how Mahomes wanted to go for it. Bieniemy uh, took a knee at the end of the half, didn't set Mahomes up to uh, score some points, put some points on the board on the road in Indianapolis. Of course, that is the lone loss that the Chiefs have going into this season. So we see this scene. Last night, 17 seconds left. Chiefs get the ball back on their own 25. What do they do? They let Patrick Mahomes go to work. Mm. Takes him 14 seconds. He gets him down the field. And there was no arguing. There was no nothing. There was just a Matthew Wright field goal uh, to put them on the board. And this, to me, Kyle, like you said, like the, the second they went down, that was the seal the deal. The Chiefs are going to come back and win. To me, this is when I knew the Chiefs are going to come back and win. The slow – well, they got Harrison Bucker celebrating. Yeah. The slow-mo fist pump from Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Celebrating as well. That's great. And then here come from behind his back. I'm go. watching it. I'm watching it. That's it, boys. Let's go. Here, let's. Here comes our half of football to come back and win this game. To me, just the juxtaposition of those two interactions or watching Patrick Holmes operate going into the half were very different. Yeah, and I, I was watching a lot of the post game uh, locker room stuff online this morning and reading a lot of the stuff. The, the Chiefs, uh, there was anger after that mm-hmm. call. There was, yeah. there was anger at the Raiders. Like, they have that other level. And Mahomes, that little fist yeah. pump, I can tell you, that halftime scene, it was like, let's go and kick their butts. Absolutely. And I, and I think they did. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was very emotional for uh, both sides going in to the game. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. 
Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Back on Good Morning Football, no rest for the weary. Tom Pelissero is back with us again. Our NFL Network insider Tom the Panthers have parted ways with head coach Matt Rule. They announced it yesterday midday. What is the latest in Carolina? Well, Jamie, the firing of Matt Rule was something that had been in the works for weeks here with the Panthers as frustration mounted for owner David Tepper and among the fan base. Tepper said one of many factors in firing Rule now was what he perceived to be a loss of effort during Sunday's loss to the 49ers. That, coupled with the ongoing offensive struggles, made it natural to move on from Rule after two seasons plus five games in which Rule was 11-27, including 1-27 in games where the opponent scores at least 17 points. Uh, Interim coach is going to be Steve Wilkes, who is the former Arizona Cardinals coach. Tepper said that if Wilkes does an incredible job, he'll have to be in consideration for the full-time position. But expect the Panthers also to be looking to address those offensive issues as they begin the search for a new head coach. Wilkes makes his debut as the interim coach on Sunday against the Rams, and he is expected to have a different quarterback, Baker Mayfield, dealing with a high ankle sprain, still seeking additional opinions, but it looks like it will be P.J. Walker getting the start against the Rams. Peter? Uh, thanks, Tom. P.J. Walker, of course, we saw him last year play, was with Rule at Temple, but now he'll be playing for Steve Wilkes on Sunday against the Rams. Tom Pelissero, you're always on it. We're going to get to you in a little bit. Thanks so much for all you're doing today on the show and always. Um, on our show, we're going to shift this to the future of the Carolina Panthers. We in or we out? Mm-hmm. We just heard all the details from our guy Tom about the Matt Rule firing in Carolina which leads a potential head coaching vacancy come January. My statement is this. The Panthers' head coaching job is a desirable one to a top head coaching candidate Mm -hmm. come January. Are we in? Are we out? Looking at the roster, looking at the owner, looking at everything, Mm -hmm. Kyle. Would you want that gig if you were an open candidate on the open market? It's Matt Rule's not there because the quarterback play, right? I mean, that's it. He actually was 2-0 with P.J. Walker. It was his most successful quarterback was P.J. Walker. Uh, So there is no quarterback. And I actually look at that as a good thing. I'm not taking someone else's QB. I don't have to make my guy. Uh, If you like the draft class this year, and a lot of people do, you can pick a fresh quarterback. Quarterback. And also, the other thing is, look at the quarterbacks in the division. I'm not coming in like Josh McDaniels going against Herbert and Mahomes. I'm going against Falcons, not sure. 
Um, Bucks, not sure. All of them, not sure. So Saints, I, not sure. Saints, not sure. None of them. 0 for 3. So I actually do think it's good. Um, there's not been a lot of success there, but I can't come up with a real giant glaring reason that, ooh, stay away from the Carolina job. I can't. I say in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to say two names in Carolina that come next season would make so much sense um, that it just feels right. You got and candidates? That, and that is Bill O'Brien and mm. Bryce Young mm-hmm. coming from Alabama. Bill O'Brien. Who doesn't love Bryce Young, honestly, with the way he has been playing in his tenure at Alabama? But Bill O'Brien loves Bryce Young. He has been calling this young man's name since he arrived in Tuscaloosa. Bryce Young is one of the best names in this quarterback class coming into next spring. He has shown Unfortunately, he just suffered a shoulder injury last week. But he's going to come into the league and take it by storm. Feels like a great place for Bryce Young to go. Bill O'Brien, I think, whatever went down with him with mm-hmm. Houston, and a lot has been said on the back end of his tenure and what was how things were handled. But Bill O'Brien, if he gets another shot, if they were to go to Carolina together, mm-hmm. I am so in on this. Uh, that's it. I just am throwing that on the okay. on the whiteboard. Nice. Yeah, you got you broke down the roster, other quarterbacks, the future of Bryce Young. Matt Rule signed a seven-year contract, three years into it. He has $40 million left on his contract. I'm going to say what everybody at home's thinking. Of course it's a desirable job. (laughs) You're going to pay me this much money to coach for a few years and then get some time off. I'll take the job as well, and I'll raise you a Bill Mm O'Brien. He comes from the Patriots tree, and I'll go with a young guy who's up-and-coming right now. I'm going to say a guy like Gerard Mayo, young up-and-comer. He could be a possible guy, I think, that would fit in Carolina. That young mojo, great with connecting with people. So I'm going to raise that Bill O'Brien like and go it. Gerard Mayo. Yeah, I, I, I would also uh, you know, double down and say the offensive line has actually played well this year. I've watched these Panthers games. Baker's been atrocious. But the offensive line, he's not been getting pressured. Like They've got a good offensive line. You love Burns. You love Chin. You like to think McCaffrey gets like there is talent on that roster. Right, it's the greatest the job of all time. Is there a pushback? Like the what? pushback yeah. is well, the owner just fired a guy three years into a seven-year <laughs> deal, and the fans were booing the team at home last week. And it's a, not a, one of the top markets. Right. Yep. If you're a top candidate, you want to coach for one of those top markets. Yeah. Mm. Carolina is still not at that level right now, and they're in a bottom, bottom place right now in the mm. league. So that's the uh, that's the pushback. I see. That's the, that seems to have to do with like ego or prestige or something. The football is good. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. the defense too. Speaking of bottom of the barrel, uh, the Arizona Cardinals lost a tough one oh, on man. Sunday, and we know about the slide and the timeout or the non-timeout or whatever it was at the end, and then the missed field goal. But way before all that, Kyler Murray rolled into the stadium with an incredible, mm-hmm. incredible wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Incredible can be interpreted a lot of ways, and most of Twitter took it negatively. They didn't like this outfit from Kyler Murray, which is on the left, of course, next to Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown's wearing quite an outfit. You don't even notice them. Hollywood Brown (laughs) looks like a wolf I know. Compared to what Kyler's wearing. Uh, The statement is this. Kyler Murray's pregame outfit was unfairly mocked online. It wasn't actually that bad. Are we in or we out? Jason McCourty, our style. 1,000% out. It was (laughs) not unfairly mocked. I am I'm not wearing that. The comments all over social media. Somebody called him a human highlighter. They got it from Hillary Clinton's wardrobe. A lot of Clinton. They called him Gumpy, the little clay figure that was on television for so many years. Gumpy. 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 Yes. It's Forrest Gump meeting Forrest Gump. Jason's time. Big green guy going stupid is as stupid does Gumpy. I like Gumpy. Yes. So, no, I'm 100% out. Not rocking the fit. So, no. All right. I think... I'm in on it. I'm in on the fit. Uh, Kyler Murray, not because I'm dressed like him today a little bit. <laughs> Kyler Murray is... 
That's perfect. She, she is misunderstood, and by uh, our generation, essentially anyone older than him, he speaks to the children. August of this year, Teen Vogue says neon oh, green is set to be the next trending color of 2022. Okay. Good enough he for me. To the okay. children, Billie Eilish, Kiki Palmer, uh-huh. they've been uh-huh. everywhere with the neon green. He just works, all right? Like this is this is Kyler Murray though to a T. Doesn't speak to the adults, he speaks to the children. I hear that. Yep. I'm starting to love this picture. I, I'm starting to love Hollywood Brown in this picture. Yeah. Remember when the picture came out of DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, and like no one's looking at AJ Brown who's totally ripped because of how crazy DK looks. Um, Lot of lot of Hillary Clinton references. Lot of Hillary. And, and, and it was it was perfect Please. because then Kyler couldn't finish with the win at the end. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just facts. It seemed to have the win in grasp, right? And then poof, the whole world changes. Is Kate McKinnon playing piano on <laughs> SNL this week for Kyler's outfit? Um, I look at it this way. You think I'm going to go from politics to religion? Uh, <laughs> Very, we, I, I grew right. up with. Uh, we have uh, we refer to the time BC, which is you know before Christ. Yep. I remember a time when the outfit game where there was BC, which was before Cam, and like the whole game mm. changed for me. So, guys, I'm numb in the in the <laughs> after Cam phase. You could show up in a jockey's uniform in a beekeeper outfit. It doesn't anything. And I'm a like, beekeeper yeah, outfit. That's what the a kids beekeeper. are wearing these days. Like, I can I, see that. I, it next. does nothing. Giant for beekeeper me. mask. Yeah, I can like, see that. A, a Teen Vogue says it's in. It's Teen Vogue. <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen went back on Teen Vogue back back in the day. And if the beekeeper chic is look, right now. it's cool. I, I don't know who the hell is on the cover of Teen Vogue. That's, <laughs> that puts me on a watch list. It's, it's like, like <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm numb. I can't do it anymore with the outfits. All right, that show's the best. We go from Bill O'Brien yeah. talk to Gumpy, not Gumby, Gumpy. Gumpy. Yeah. Teen Vogue. To Teen Vogue. Uh, to a right. watch list. Yeah. Yeah, that's to right. a watch Haley list. Seinfeld. I, yeah. she's, she's like, she's too old too. Yeah, I don't yeah, know no. what the teenagers yeah, are. Billie Eilish. And just I don't know Billie who he's talking about. Billie Eilish is too old too. No, she plays to the to the kids. All right, but she ain't a teen herself. Yeah, you would love her. I love that Miller. Barbara Hershey. I like her too. Uh, coming up. I'll get us out of here. Coming up, we heard the booze, not for the segment. Those are cheers and awards. And we saw the tweets. We will break down the controversial roughing the passer call from last night straight ahead. Oh man, how about Grady Jarrett? He had 24 hour rain as the worst call of the week. Gumpy. I'm dying. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Chiefs walk away, one-point victory, 30-29. to 29. We caught up with Chris Jones after the game to talk about the penalty, and here's what he had to say. Hey, listen, this is a Christian-like league, man. I'm going to pray that I stay off the quarterback, okay? Uh, I'm going to have to pick him up and carry him, lay him down nowadays, man, you know? But, you know, the Ralph, I, I get it. it. It happened so fast, you know, and it kind of looked like that initially, but when you actually look at through the video and slow it down, you see I kind of braced. And the ref might have seen just a big 300-pound land on him. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying the ref is wrong, but I'm just saying that those situations can affect the game tremendously. They really can, and so can the most reactive tweet of the night from our own Tom Pelissero. This thing blew up. He, he tweeted, Chris Jones just became the first player in NFL history called for roughing the passer while holding the ball. Great. Tom absolutely nailed it. Let's bring in Pelissero right now. Tom, you've sat here at the table with us many times. I'm going to just ask you, take off your reporter hat, never mind for a second what the league is saying, and pick up your punk rock guitar. What did you think when you watched that play and thumbed out that tweet? Kyle, I've covered the NFL for 20 years. I've watched it for my entire life. I can't remember a sequence quite like that where the player is, in fact, holding the ball before he lands on the quarterback and ends up being called for roughing the passer. So referee Carl Cheffers talked to a pool reporter after the game. What he said was Derek Carr is in a passing posture, so he has full protection even though he loses control of the ball. And that the ruling by Cheffers was that Chris Jones landed on him with full body weight. My two questions on this are, one, there's an exception. It actually says in the rules that players are encouraged to brace themselves with their arms. Some people said, well, Chris Jones only braced himself with one arm. Yeah, because the other arm was holding the ball. But the second part of it is, given that there was a change of possession and Jones is now a ball carrier, should that have negated the penalty or at least should it have been enforced after giving the Chiefs possession. What I'm told, my understanding from the league's perspective is they consider that one action, in other words, the hit, the strip, landing on the quarterback, just like if the quarterback had thrown a quick interception and then the defender who's grabbing him throws him to the ground after, that would also negate possession. That's how the league looks at it. It doesn't really answer the question I think everybody is asking this morning, which is what is Chris Jones supposed to do? 
Yeah, and that is going to lead us up to our next segment. Tom Pelissero, thank you. We're going to talk to you here in a little bit. Um, we have asked our producers uh, to allow us to be more physical in the show, and this <laughs> is where we are at. Jason, you were a defensive player in this league for 13 yes. years. Uh, what did you think of this roughing the passer call? Can defenders do anything differently? This one's tough, and obviously I wasn't a guy getting after the quarterback. I had one sack in my entire career. Okay. But when you watch that, Tom he picks it up perfect. When those guys are tackling the quarterback to the ground a few years ago, the main thing we talked about on that Chris Jones play was you have to brace yourself. Do not tackle the quarterback. Have him wrapped up and land with all your weight on him. And you'll see Chris Jones watch his left hand. His left hand, as he's tackling Derek Carr to the ground, he puts that left hand out to brace himself. And I'm assuming he would have went with both hands, but he cannot because he now possesses the ball. He has the ball in his right hand so he can't brace himself. I understand what the official sees on this. All he sees is 300-something-odd pounds landing on Derek Carr. But I don't know. There has to be something, whether it's reviewable, whatever the case may be, where we look at this and you say, hey, he has the ball in his hands. It is now his ball. Derek Carr, in a sense, is making a tackle. But then I take you to the Grady Jarrett play. Mm. And that, for me, was that tough is- because he grabs him from behind, wraps him up, and rolls him to the ground. And I can remember... At one point in my career, being in Tennessee, where the Seattle Seahawks put out kind of a teaching tape on the right way to tackle. And it was based off of rugby players because rugby players don't wear helmets. So the main thing they're doing is we're keeping our head out of all contact. So when you watch Jerry here, his head is out of the contact. He wraps Brady up. He's not lunging. He's not putting his weight on him. He wraps him up. And he turns. That's the main thing. You're the ball carrier. You have the ball. If I'm Grady Jarrett, I'm going here. My head is out of the way. Here. And now I'm using my body momentum to grab you and swing you to the ground. Right there, you see the strength I held Peter up. But you're swinging him to the ground without forcefully, without doing all of this, but I'm wrapping and rolling. That was the main thing we talked about, wrap and roll. You see those drills throughout the entire NFL, college level. It enables guys on the defense to make tackles, keep their helmet out of the way, to not only keep quarterbacks and offensive players safe, but to keep defensive players safe because your helmet's out and you're making a tackle and you're getting a guy on the ground. You know, my thing is from the actual play, it's all subjective. The officials have New York. Yeah. Should this be one of those where, like, hey, you could challenge a roughing the passer? Can we go to the New York? And I feel like New York's in their ears constantly. The one on the Grady Jarrett one, can we see it one more time? What's really striking here is that the official, Jerome Boger, throws the flag. The back judge does not. The back judge has a full view of this, and this comes from the official. So, to me, Jason, I, as a as a defensive player, is this yeah. the most frustrating thing possible when it's like we did everything right and we can't even get a review when there's instant replays on everything possible in the sport? Without a doubt, and I think Arthur Smith hit it when he talked about it after the game and he said, I just want to figure out how to coach it. And we see this happen. You make a play as rough in the passer and you turn the film on. And for a coach, you're just like, see, you hit went it. low or you hit him late. And it's just like, we talked about this. We cannot do this. But when you see those plays, it's just like, well, no, this is the exact way we're coaching based off the rules. You don't know where to go from there. Uh, I try not to complain about protecting the quarterback rules because everyone loves to do it until you turn on the Thanksgiving Day game 
and you're watching two seven-string quarterbacks mm-hmm. go against each other everyone hurt, and then they hate that more. Um, the fact is, right now in the league, the two most important positions are quarterback and pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And the way the game is, we have to let pass rushers who are making huge money and have huge impact do their job. But I don't want to take away the rules protecting quarterbacks. 100%. So listen, I think Peter's onto it. People said there's no way you could have instant replay on pass interference. I think it's that important. It's that big. Because they're not going to just say, okay, never mind. We won't protect the quarterbacks. So do something. Either add an extra official whose job is to purely watch the quarterback the entire time exclusively Mm. or review it. And you can say, oh, more reviews. Would you rather have this or would you have more reviews? That's what I'd go with. Yeah, get New York involved, definitely. Um, Let's get Tom Pelissero back involved and see he has something to add to the end of our discussion. I would just say this with the regard to the possibility of reviewing a call like roughing the passer. The NFL Competition Committee has always been reluctant to go to judgment calls. In other words, substituting one person's judgment for another person's judgment because that opens up all kinds of different possibilities. And all of a sudden you're taking instead of reviewing objective calls like was a foot out of bounds, did he possess the ball to subjective calls. We've seen them try it once Reluctantly, which was with pass interference, it was a complete disaster. Basically, every review, almost every review, led to no change in the call on the field. So be careful what you wish for in terms of adding additional reviews, even though, as Jason pointed out here, it's a lot easier to at least understand the call with Chris Jones than it is to understand what was called with Grady Jarrett. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.